Two in, let's go. Sergio and the vet are a day late, but we're never a dollar short. You always get all the content for your money here with us. Um, Sergio, you mind telling the people why we're late? Hey, yo, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it was my birthday yesterday. So uh, we were out celebrating from the day before, and I wasn't able to uh, be home or kind of on the road. But yeah, well, we're back. Here we are. All right. Did you do anything fun for your birthday? Yeah, we went an hour and a half to uh, Indiana. There's like a casino over there. So we kind of just hung out, checked the town out, uh, did a little bit of uh, some slot machines. It was, a, it was a good time. All right. Well, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Isn't it Disco that says he doesn't like to wish people a happy birthday? He he likes to say that I hope you had a good birthday after the fact. <laughs> uh, I don't remember him saying that. Sounds about right, though. Yeah, that sounds like him, right? Um. So every once in a while, we like to, uh, you know, realize the fact that sometimes people are probably listening to us for the first time. So they may not know exactly like what our show is about. You know, um, uh, who knows if people tune in and listen and then just like listen for a few minutes and then they don't never get to the end where we always say, hey, you can get in contact with us at these social media accounts and everything like that. But we do have quite an interesting, um, you know, listener base. It is the majority of the United States. But looking at my analytics here, you know, I'm seeing listeners from, you know, get get this, Sergio. Here's all the countries. OK, Ireland, Mexico, Germany, South Korea, France, Australia, Turkey, India, Poland. In Norway. Huh. Interesting, dude. So we're truly a worldwide brand. And um, so at the end, we always tell you to get in contact with us um, because we want to hear from you. I mean, we we have a, technically a mailbag segment on the show, but no one ever sends an email, no matter how much we tell them to. So, you know, if you guys can be part of the show, too. Um, and... The way you do that is you can get in touch with us, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, I'm at Opinion Haver. Sergio's at um, Mr. Sergezilla, Mr. Sergezilla on Twitter and uh, and uh, Sergezilla on Instagram. Um, so that's easy enough. But if you have any questions or comments or other things, you want to uh, leave us a, a ratings and reviews on the platforms we're on we're on any listening platforms that you could possibly we're on apple google spotify um and breaker overcast pocket casts radio public i don't even know what some of those are but i'll be honest um there are people that do listen on those so um yeah man let us hear from you uh and we can um tailor the show to uh to fit you know what you guys are digging and if there's anything you guys aren't digging then we can you know get rid of it uh but uh, I just like to throw that out there every once in a while just to, you know, any new listeners that's given us a chance before you get to the end of our long and rambling podcast or whatever, you may you may tap out way before then. Um, that's kind of what we're about. Um, yeah, and, sure, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, well, the first thing that we always like to do is Sergio hits us with the stories that's going on in the streets of pro wrestling. So, Sergio, kick us off. Yeah, so I'll, I'll briefly go through uh, Billy Batty on the uh, on the Vince Russo podcast, who I guess has an inside source with WWE. Okay. Uh, the, so long story short, the gist of it, uh, I should have taken notes, but uh, I was doing something. But basically, he was going over 
AEW's budget in terms of hiring talent. And uh, apparently they don't really have one. Like they can, they literally, uh, they can, they can, they put, they have the money to sign whoever they want. It doesn't matter what it costs. Um, according to Billy Batty, um, he was saying that apparently Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles are two guys in WWE that are interested in making that jump. Um, I forget the dates and I forget which one's which, but one of their contracts ends next year, and the other one ends the year after. So. You know, take it with a grain of salt, but that should be pretty interesting, you know, seeing those two guys over there. It seems like it would be a more relaxed deal for them, and they'd probably be much happier uh, doing what they do over there. So. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm surprised I heard AJ, I heard this is his last contract, and he wants to retire afterwards, and he was saying something like he, he'd like to have, he'd like to be a talent scout or have some kind of coaching gig. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, a lot of things are up in the air with the current situation as well. Like, how long are we going to be under these quarantines and lockdowns and all this other stuff and not touring and no live events? Uh, you know, we, we we can't really make any career decisions at this time. And by we, I mean they, of course. Um, so we really do just have to see it. It's all talk at this point. But, yeah, I mean, they... I think that someplace like AEW would be much more suitable for guys like Styles and Brian just because it's a bigger platform. You know, we used to talk in the past before AEW existed about, you know, would it, when Daniel Bryan, like, would he like to leave the WWE to go wrestle somewhere else? And my point was, like, at a certain point that you reach, you can't go back, you know, no matter how much you say, like, Daniel Bryan, if he was a single guy, he could probably just go to New Japan and live out the rest of his career there. But he's not. He's got a family. They're not going to move to Japan and all this other stuff. So other than that, what 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 does that, you know, leave him with? Ring of Honor, a bunch of guys in their basement? Like, that's not you, – you can't go from the WWE WrestleMania main events to that. You know, you can't go back down. You can't do MLW. You can't do these type of things once you reach a certain level. It's just – they can't afford you and you can't afford to do it. But now that AEW is in town and they have an unlimited budget, as you're saying, um, you can still get that that big exposure and you can make the money you need to make and you don't have to be under the suffocating corporate pressure of the WWE and all their uh, draconian rules and everything like that. So I think that's how those guys in their you know, as they reach their late thirties and AJ Styles is already in his forties, that's probably how they like to close things out. Not being told what they can and can't say on their Twitch channel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan is 40 right now as well. Um, I think he's a little bit younger than me and I'm not 40 yet, but really? I could be I'm wrong. Pretty, sure he's, pretty sure he's like a year old. Cause he, uh, he got signed by WWE in 2000. Um, was nineteen ninety nine? One of those. Pretty sure he's forty. I've been on it. He is thirty nine years old. Oh, all right. He he's he was born in May, so like I'm a few months older than him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarantine, looks like I guess I was wondering about Bobby Roode, but apparently he was stuck in Canada all this time. But he's mm-hmm. getting ready to make his return. Remember, I guess he's been traded to Rob uh, back when Ziggler got traded there. Mm-hmm. So we'll be seeing him again soon, you know, which I'm pretty, I think we're both pretty excited about. 
<laughs> well, what, excited about Bobby Roode? Yeah, are you a Bobby Roode fan? I'm not not a Bobby Roode fan. I okay. don't know if I'd be excited, but it really doesn't have to do with him. What it has to do is the WWE. I'm not excited about anything that's going to happen in the WWE probably for the rest of my life, but we'll get to that later. Uh, let's just stay on topic now. And um, yeah, Bobby Roode's coming back. Well, it couldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of returns, uh, apparently uh, Melina uh, is getting ready to make her return to WWE. Uh, not sure if it's going to be Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I guess when we last saw her, well, no. They're trying to book her for the 2020 Women's Aware Rumble match. Didn't happen. But we saw her at NWA recently, didn't we? Yeah, that's where she's been up until they kind of closed the doors. That's right. So she's uh, she's 41, uh, but she still looks great. So, yeah, she'll be coming back soon. I'm assuming nope. she's not going to be with John Morrison. <laughs> yeah, so maybe keep her off of SmackDown, right? Maybe Batista yeah. will come back in. Hey, uh, <laughs> the... the I heard that uh, she denied that she's going to the WWE. So is she straight out deny this and then she's just going to go anyway? Or are you getting old news or what's the deal? I heard that too, <clears throat> but they do that a lot. A lot of times, maybe, maybe it is false news, but they always, they always deny it, you know, because they want it to be a surprise and whatnot. Well, I can understand denying it. Like if a fan asked you on Twitter or something like that, but I mean, what I th- I thought she put out like a a long release like unnecessary two hundred word essay why she's not going back and if she goes back now she look really fucking stupid that she did that so interesting uh, interesting yeah, I didn't I didn't see that yeah I'm not gonna look it up but just just take my word for it guys all you guys yeah. out there in Ireland and Korea and everywhere else yeah speaking of returns as well so. uh Wade Barrett signed a new contract with uh, WWE, and he's going to be a part of the NXT announced team, as we've seen, uh, you know, in recent weeks with uh, Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix. Um, yeah, so it looks like he's yeah he's basically back full time. Um, I don't know if he's going to be wrestling necessarily, but you know, in the meantime, yeah, he'll be on the commentary team, and yeah. He's been doing good since he's been back, and do we know how long the contract's for? No, it doesn't say. I would assume a few years. If you notice, everybody in the NWA is finding work somewhere. Yeah. You know, whether it's Molina, Wade Barrett on WWE, or, um, you know, the Eddie Kingstons and the uh, Thunder Rosas and the other people from the NWA going to AEW, um, you know, it, it's like Billy Corgan's telling him, hey, get what you can now. Uh, so it's been, but some people have been astonishingly quiet, such as a Eli Drake. Maybe he burned too many bridges to go somewhere else. I don't know. What, what do you think he's up to? I don't know, man. I wonder, dude. But uh, he's one of my favorites, so I'm hoping he'll pop up somewhere. I find it very odd that he doesn't have a podcast. And I also find it odd because I know he, he he did like on YouTube, but I also find it odd that he didn't name his podcast. Let me talk to you. Uh, <laughs> everything he, everything he's doing just doesn't make sense. So, but hey, yeah, he has been awfully quiet. So maybe uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see a return here soon. Um, yeah. So some more contract news. Uh, as far as AEW goes, they have, they announced the signing of Will Hobbs and Serena Deep. 
Uh, it's yeah. funny the Hobbs signing because, you know, so they signed it. So he's been jobbing out, you know, all these months on Dark and whatnot. Now they signed him, and now all of a sudden, boom, you know, they book him in the main event for, a, well, last night, but technically, you know, next week's AEW show. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, he's got good size and everything. I was watching some of, some of the stuff on Dark. He still seems kind of green. He's very oh, green. Very when green. I, you know, when I looked him up, it looks like I think he started like in 2004. So maybe, no uh, way. maybe he hasn't been very consistent. No way. 2004? This guy is a 16-year... Yeah. Well, um, as we'll get to later, i got another 16-year veteran I'm going to call out on the carpet too. But, man, if, yeah, come on. Come on. He doesn't even look old enough to have been working 16 years. Uh, um, wow. That's crazy. He's also he's, fam- famous enough to have a Wikipedia page, probably, huh? He comes from the. Um, he's part of that that California group, you know, with the Young Bucks and uh, Excalibur oh. and all them. So when you look at his uh, match history, uh, he's working with those guys, you know. So I'm showing here. Uh, it goes back as far as well. Maybe I was wrong. 2012. So yeah, I think I. I okay. Or 2011. 2011 so that was when he first had his beginners class then he probably took several years off um he does have a nice spine buster i'll say that um but maybe arn anderson taught him that a couple (laughs) weeks ago who knows yeah serena deep yeah officially part of the uh aw roster so that's cool sure i mean we have to we have to believe that it was our glowing uh, comments on last week's show that, you know, end up getting her signed. I mean, there's oh, no course. other explanation for it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's like we said, we can't put her over enough, and now we don't. We don't have to put her over enough. We get to put her over every week that uh, she appears. We'll be talking about her a little bit later. Um, you know, I still keep in touch with her, so it's uh, it's kind of funny because I didn't, I didn't. Uh, message her too much when she was under WWE contract because I know how they are. You know what I mean? <coughs> like, not that they're checking everybody's, you know, messages and stuff like that, but I also know that I'm not going to ask her anything, you know, and put her in a position where she's going to tell me something that she can't tell me because of the company and stuff like that. Um, so sometimes I'd say, you know, I just throw the little, the little, um, you know, greetings and, and little congratulations and little different happy birthdays and stuff like that. And sometimes I get a response, sometimes not. But, you know, now that she's working with AEW, she's been much more prompt in her responses. <laughs> so right. that tells you anything about, uh, you know, what I was talking about with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, then yeah. uh, take that for what you will. But yeah, very happy with that. They made the right choice. Obviously, she can't do anything but um, be a help to that company and they need people that know what they're doing, especially in the women's division. Right. Oh, for sure. dude. Yeah. I wonder, I, I wondered what AEW does if they have like, uh, you know, the other weekly show, I wonder if, if people fly in that day or the day before, do they have, I wonder if they have like promo class, you know, wrestling class. I mean, something, I mean, they should, they have all these guys around, all, you know, all these veterans and stuff, you know? Yeah, I bet you don't have nothing like that. Especially not promo class. Didn't they make fun of promo class on being the elite or something like that? Oh, yeah, they did. They did. 
That'd be pretty uh, hypocritical if they went ahead and had something like that while they're talking shit about it. <laughs> Hopefully they have wrestling glass. Something. I mean, even Some... in WWE, you know, you go, to, you go to Raw, you know, and they got guys in the ring, you know, they got guys like Dustin Rose and Finley, and, or back, you know, back in the day anyways, in the ring, you know, trading with guys that are on TV, you know? Oh, well, that's just like a, that's just like a wrestling tradition, right? Like, I mean... OVW is like that. And if people get in the ring and roll around before TV, that's just kind of what it is. So I'm sure AEW does that, at least. Probably not enough and not the right people, but. Yeah. Uh, speaking of AEW, Joey Janelle and Sonny Kiss have announced that their new tag team name is the, the new, new Midnight Express. <laughs> now they announced it. Are they messing around or is it, is it official? Because I didn't hear any mention of it last night on AEW. Um, no, this is all just a joke at Jim Cornette. Oh. Um, and they can't do it even if they wanted to because Jim Cornette uh, has the trademarks and copyrights and everything like that for it being used. Um, the only people that are going to be associated with the phrase Midnight Express are Cornette, uh, Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane. That's it. Anybody else ain't going to be using no Midnight Express or no versions of it. Uh, but that, they never planned on doing that. That was never their intention. They were just getting back at Jim Cornette because he came up with, um, he had his, he had the <coughs> listeners of his show send in a bunch of uh, potential tag team names for Janella and Kiss, and none of which were particularly flattering. Um, yeah. So he's just, they're just, they're just, uh, they're just firing back. Have you noticed on commentary? Uh, this is funny. JR refers to uh, Sunny Kiss as she. It's obviously a mistake, I'm assuming. But have you caught that? Oh, uh, well, there's a whole story about that. Uh, first of all, um, uh, Sonny Kiss says that he'll identify with either he or she. We've already talked about this, but apparently, oh, we got, yeah, at least two or three oh. times. But, um, but we'll, we'll do it again. So, so yeah, JR is he probably, I think he's he said that he asked, and Sonny says that he's fine with either. Because, and if you listen to Sonny Kiss on, say, Jericho's podcast, they talk about that a little bit. And, you know, he's just, Sonny Kiss is not one of those people that seems like he's going to try to correct everybody and get offended and stuff. He just, you know, he's basically tells everybody, hey, whatever you, you know, whatever you think um, is fine. Uh, which that's one of the, that's one of the most annoying, you know, side tangent here, but that's one of the most annoying things about people that, are like marginalized groups or minority groups, whether it's sexual orientation or skin color, whatever it is, is that a lot of times um, they're, they're wanting <coughs> to, to be accepted and to be understood and they want, you know, representation and diversity and things and everything like that. But, and there's a lot of hate out there and those people deserve whatever they get. But there's also people that make honest mistakes and you have to be a little more patient with those people because it's kind of hypocritical on their part. If you, if, if people are trying to learn, you know, new things and you don't get it right, right away. Um, it doesn't mean that you're an ignorant bigot. It just means that you don't quite get it yet. So, 
Um, if, if Jr. uh, called him, she accidentally, or if Sonny wanted to be referred to as she and Jr. didn't do it, you know, and, uh, like, and then he got chastised for it, then that, that'd be different. But, um, Sonny seems like a cool, uh, dude or chick. And, uh, I mean, he's obviously, I'll put put him over. He's actually really, I think he's really good in the ring. And he's not been doing it that long either. So, so yeah. So when you see those mistakes that Sonny makes, it's like, um, yeah, I'd expect that from somebody that's relatively new to wrestling. So, yeah, Jericho was even saying that Sonny Kiss is one of the people he wanted to work with in AEW. <clears throat> this is funny. Uh, so that this interview I heard with Jericho, he was uh, he was uh, putting over Orange Cassidy in the feud. Someone asked him if he had seen Orange Cassidy before AEW, and Jericho said, "Yeah." He goes, "He said he saw him. He said he didn't like the gimmick. He hated it. He said and he didn't respect him." <laughs> he said, "But when he joined the company, he got to know him. He, you know, he got he heard, he heard the crowd reaction." He started to get it, and he says, Jericho was like, hey, you know, if you're over, you're over. It doesn't matter what or how. And, you know, he was over, you know, before the before the crowds left. So that was a pretty funny interview. Yeah, also, uh, he's Tony Khan's favorite wrestler, so Jericho's going to do yeah. what he's told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so some final news here. Uh, apparently, the Retribution segments... On Raw was met with laughter backstage at WWE. <laughs> this uh, piece one, of news was met with laughter by me. <laughs> yeah. One source said the masks and names are already making the road for these guys impossible to climb. And the names are pretty ridiculous. So Dominic Dajakovic is using the name T-Bar. <laughs> Neo Madden is going by Mace. And the third guy who we have to assume is Shane Thorne, but you can't, dwell, you can't tell. He's going by the name Slapjack. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they got this idea from. It's, just, it's almost like a, it almost it, it sounds to me like, like I don't know like what were the Suicide Squad guys' names? Uh, you know these these weird. It, it reminds me of that. Yeah, like comic book character names or yeah, exactly. Or like in the Warriors, uh, you know, the gang member names like Ajax, Cyrus. You know, just yeah, yep. it's like okay. Well, what do you think is gonna like? We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this enough later, but it, it's um, yeah. I I saw that where it said met with laughter, and I'm like, yeah, I bet it was. I'm uh, I'm sure it was. There's what else can you do? Um, I can't wait to see Drew McIntyre versus T Bar. T Bar. <laughs> you can see T Bar main eventing WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Um, all the posters yeah, no, and everything. Yeah, no word yet on the names of Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez. Um, but yeah, Ben Amin was saying that uh, that Vincent Man just watched uh, which one was it? The Dark Knight Rises for the first time, and he was and Bane was over with them, so that's where he got the idea with the masks. Yeah, there's no way you couldn't think <coughs> that if you're looking at it. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Laughter. Yep. Perfect. Um you want to end it with uh Well, I do I I on that on that sort of a note we're talking about AEW and WWE. Um but uh 
so you can you guys can believe me or not, but I left this off of last week when I was talking about Raw. I didn't make any notes about it. I just kind of thought it to myself as I was watching it as a joke. I was like watching the Raw Underground part, and I said, "Hey, is that Pineapple Pete?" But that's just I thought about making that joke, but I just didn't. Um, and then uh, turns out it actually was Pineapple Pete. Wow! Did you see that? You didn't see um, it either. I didn't catch it, but that's funny. I that's, almost wondered. I just saw a guy that looked like Pineapple Pete, and I was like, "Hey, it's Pineapple Pete," but I didn't. I didn't get a good look at him, so I couldn't see if it was actually the Suge D guy. I didn't know. I just glanced at him, and you know, it's Raw Underground. They're just in the crowd. You know that you don't really get a good look at those people, really. But he was right there, and I just thought it casually, and I didn't say anything. And then I found out later, yep, it was him. And uh, yeah, so what were you going to say? Huh. Oh, nothing. Just uh, oh, good for him, I guess. I yeah, so WWE, WWE will hire him just so they won't or something. Yeah, just well, just I, I'm on that note. I was just like looking at uh, looking at the score between <clears throat> the two companies. So like AEW has gotten, you know, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Luke Harper, Matt Hardy, uh, the Revival, Zack Ryder, Rusev, and now they just got Serena, who is their Performance Center coach. And the WWE, in their column, they've got Pineapple Pete. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much it, right? Uh, they don't have anybody else that used to be in AEW, do they? No. No? Okay. Maybe, maybe in a year or two, they'll snatch up like MJF. We'll see. Yeah, no way. No chance. Um, because if MJF is as smart as we think he is, then he will never go there because he already knows what will happen, you know? Um, yeah, so, yeah, so unfortunately, um, we'll end with this. I'm sure most people have heard by now that, uh, Road Warrior Animal passed away, Joe Laurinaitis, um, you know, what can you really say about the Road Warriors? Everybody already knows everything. You know what I mean? They may not know exactly to the extent that the Road Warriors were over, but um, they definitely have heard of the Road Warriors because the Road Warriors lasted so long and went to every basically every company that you could go to uh, and made an impression there. And so... Of course, uh, Hawk passed away many years ago. Not many, but, you know, at least several. And the last time that I saw Animal doing anything, he was on the Dark Side of the Ring episode talking about the Road Warriors and Hawk. Um, but, you know, he would still make his, uh, he'd still make his rounds at the conventions and things like that. And maybe even get in the ring every once in a while, probably on an indie show for like a tag match or something like that. But, um, you know... The Road Warriors are just like, they're just like a ubiquitous uh, part of the professional wrestling history and industry to a certain point. You look at, even if you were just like, even when, it, you know how, Sergio, you know how like when you watch something like a movie or a television show or something that has like wrestling in it, but you can tell like they're not wrestling fans, they don't know anything about wrestling, so they put in like some generic characters or, you know, something that's a stereotype that, it's just what other people's idea of professional wrestling is. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, dude, <clears throat> invariably, it would it, it would default to something that looked almost exactly like the Road Warriors. You yep. know? Which, of course, they took their name from, um, you know, the movie, the Mad Max movie, the second one. And uh, just, like, man, in the early 80s, they... They really blew up because all they would do is go in there, throw people around and be over. And they had their own unique look. And the, the look was even, you know, uh, copied from time to time, whether it was the Blade Runners, that was a sting and the ultimate warrior, they would eventually go on to be, or like, um, you know, demolition and the WWF was widely considered to be a, a road warriors clone, even though I would say the powers of pain was actually more the road warriors clone. Um, but, uh, yeah, the face paint, the spikes, all that stuff. Um, that's just, even if I only watched the WWF growing up, kind of like you, right? I mean, you were pretty much a WWF kid, right? No, it was actually, uh, <clears throat> WCW, or I guess it was the NWA back then. I was, uh, I was actually a bigger fan of WCW growing up, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so... I didn't see the Road Warriors on the WWF. Uh, I but I saw them in covers of magazines like Pro Wrestling Illustrated and everything like that. Like so, I that was they were like my first taste that there was wrestling that existed outside of WWF. You know, I'm talking about like being, you know, seven eight years old or something like that. Um, so I mean, everybody knew who they were, even if you never got to watch any of their matches. I didn't watch a a Road Warriors match until I was damn near an adult. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we just didn't, you know, on the West Coast, I didn't really see it. Um, that's no excuse, though, because you obviously saw it. But yeah, I guess yeah. I didn't have the cable or I didn't know the channel or whatever. Didn't know what to watch. But um, what so I, didn't your... know, I, didn't, I, didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know you didn't grow up on WCW. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't start watching WCW till about 95. Okay. So about a year before the NWO came in. Yeah. And, oh, wow, yeah. And well, 95 was really the year I got back into wrestling after, you know, everybody has that period where they kind of fall out a little bit. And um, somewhere in the early 90s, it was a little bit hazy, like somewhere from like 91 to 94. Like I kept up with it sort of, but I was, it was a little bit hazy. Um, and then 95, I got back into it full swing and never, you know, look back. But uh but uh, so, yeah, so when I got back into the WWF, I was like, well, what else is there? WCW? OK, let me watch that, too. So I just started watching that. And then pretty soon after Nitro existed and, you know, I was off to the races from there. But well, what was your uh, experience with the Road Warriors? Do you have any early memories of Hawk and Animal? I don't. Um, if they were, I'm sure I watched them because I've been watching WCW the same as WWE probably like 86 or so. <clears throat> I'm sure I saw them back then, but I actually met the Road Warriors. I know I told a story here before. They came to UPW to do a show uh, back in, I think, 2001 when I was down there training. So they were there, and Piper was there as well. So that was cool. So I got to meet them briefly. Um, <clears throat> uh, they were like in the main event working a tag match. Um but yeah, that was that. I, I don't really have much actual memories as a fan, just, um, you know, just aside from just watching them and WWE for the most part. Was the, when you met them, was it just like the quick, uh, 
you know, handshake type deal? Yeah, yeah, you know, they're just going around shaking hands with the, with the locker room. That was that was the gist of it, really, you know. And 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 that at that time in UPW, uh, the the big stars kind of had their own locker room. They didn't really change with everyone else. Um, yeah, so if they were working. Who were they working? Um, you wouldn't know who they were. A couple of a uh, couple of Indian dudes. Were you on the card? Uh, I might have been on the card. I don't. So we used to do these big shows. They're they're called the Galaxy shows. And they're they're in this like really nice arena where there's tables and you can eat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really really cool show, and those were the shows where they bring in like the Hardys and like Rob Van Dam. At this particular night, it was like LOD. Uh, I think Piper was probably lived in the area, so he he had gone down there before and like taught trained us in class. So I don't think he was on that show, but he was definitely hanging out. Yeah, well that's cool, man. Um... Let's see. Yeah, so what what can I say about Joe Laurinaitis? I don't know. I, he Everybody says he was a great guy. Never really heard anything bad about him. He kind of was like, he made it seem on the documentary as though he was almost like a Hawks caretaker. You know, always like cleaning up after him and looking after him and everything like that. And that they kind of had a falling out because he got tired of doing that. Um, now you mean so, in terms of like was Hawk just like on drugs and couldn't really? Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. He was, he was much a, a party guy regardless. Like whether he was doing drugs or not, he wanted to be partying somehow. Yeah, and you know, Animal was just not necessarily that type of a guy. So, but anyway, yeah. So, um, and and you know, his brother. Um, John Laurinaitis, people know Johnny Ace, uh, now married to the Bella's mom, which is very weird. Um, yeah. I'm not going to get into why that's probably weird, but let's just say it's weird. And, uh, you know, he had a son, James, um, that played eight years in the NFL, you know, at a high level and he retired, um, you know, on his own. So... Oh, I didn't know that. Did any chance did, did his son ever come close to working with WWE? I thought I read something about that years ago. Um, I think it, the idea was kicked around. I'm not sure how serious anybody really was about it, uh, because he actually, you know, had a good football career. Not like a, not like a a Baron Corbin or a Titus O'Neil or somebody that you never heard of. Like James Laurinaitis was like a Pro Bowl level player, um, so, so yeah, so yeah. What? But what can I say, man? Like really, like I feel like sometimes when people die, I have to do a little bit of explaining. But man, if you don't know who the Road Warriors are, I don't know what to tell you. You're probably not listening yeah. to this podcast, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, and he was sixty years old, and he died of natural causes. Allegedly, but I don't know. Sixty seems a little young for natural causes, doesn't it? Yeah, so, it does seem seem a little young. You know, was it a heart attack? That's a heart attack would be a heart attack. Yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know what natural causes means. So, um, but uh, you know, nonetheless, um, he's gone, and it's sad, but uh. Condolences to his family and friends, of course. And um, 
let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to um, we'll do a little AEW dark coverage and then take a break. Uh, not a lot on this, even though it's another. Th- this actually had some competitive ass uh, matches, um, seemingly. For one, um, well, this wasn't a competitive match, but they there was like it was like Christopher Daniels versus uh, Ricky, oh, Starks. Man, Ricky Starks, yeah, and that was only the was second, that? only the second match. Um, it was not bad. It was just it was just there for Ricky Starks to get over, but only reason that's significant is because normally you'd have one of these nobodies, these unsigned nobodies, like a pineapple beat in there to uh, do the favors for Ricky Starks, but instead it's Christopher Daniels. So they're trying to say that he's on that level now. Okay. But um, nonetheless, it was only the second match. There wasn't even like main or semi main event here. Um, the Jag dads uh, had a match with that more that morbidly obese guy who wasn't Kip's best man, you know the one that you thought okay. I was talking about that other time. Yeah, is yeah. He, apparently, is he is he, he covered Stewart or is he puss? He's. <laughs> what do you puff think? Puff would make more sense. Yeah, <laughs> he better be puss. Yeah. What do you think a five hundred pound sack of crap is going to be named? Calvin Stewart. Uh, How did he move around in the ring? Was he athletic? He was, I mean, he could get up after he fell down, so that's saying something. But he's only a few years away from being on one of those shows where they have to uh, cut a hole in your wall to take you to the hospital. Um, And the other guy, Calvin Stewart, speaking of titties, he had, like, these bruises on his chest, like one on each, you know, breast, I guess. (laughs) One on each peck. He had these, like, weird yellowed bruises on there. So I don't know where that came from, but it just looks very odd because he was so pale. It was very noticeable. Well, like uh, he got shot by Von Wallace? Kind of, yeah, but they weren't, they were more in like, the the shape of the bruises was weird. It, it wasn't like a hand-shaped bruise from the side like you'd get from a Von Wallace. It was almost like, uh, like they would have been um, overhand chops, if anything. Uh, eh, whatever. I just wanted to, you know, get in the jack dads um as we mentioned serena got signed and she's here and she's working with kylan king um and i've seen kylan king a few times on dark over the you know don't think much of kylan king unfortunately and especially in the early goings of this match she just you know, with all due respect, she just can't keep up with somebody like Serena. So Serena has to like lower herself down to this chick's level. Um, and it doesn't end up for the smoothest thing, but eh, D picks up the win anyway. So that's nice. And then I also saw that they were going to have a match with um, Lee Johnson versus Ben Carter. And I was thinking, oh, well, I guess that means Lee Johnson finally gets a win. But nope, this Ben Carter guy comes out of nowhere and beats Lee Johnson. I've seen Ben Carter too. He's just some English white dude. There's, you know, probably a wannabe dollar store Will Ospreay, but uh, <laughs> I figured with the MJF's kind of campaign deal and everything, maybe they're going to give Lee Johnson a little shot, but no, huh? Still no. So that's my, um, that's my dark notes. And... 
here's some breaking news. Speaking of Ben Carter, <clears throat> he apparently has tested positive for COVID. So hopefully nobody, hopefully nobody else caught it. So the wrong guy won. <laughs> Fucking yeah, he's you know, let somebody in from England. Uh, they can't be trusted over there. Mm. Yep. What about uh Eddie Kingston and Brian Pillman? Was that pretty good? <clears throat> um. Well, I uh, let's put it this way: Eddie Kingston, as a wrestler, he's a great promo. <laughs> I'm still baffled at them just having Pillman as a job guy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's one thing if you if you have a match with Eddie Kingston on dark and you lose. It's another thing when you're in a tag team with Griff Garrison and Griff Garrison's not taking the fall. <laughs> yeah. Those are like two completely different deals. So I mean, even if Brian Pillman wasn't Ryan Pillman, he was just some dude working. I'd look at it and I'd be like, this, this guy's got some potential. You know, like, you know, why isn't he signed? Yeah, exactly. He's got a mullet. He's on the gas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but oh, overall, um, you know, <coughs> a very missable episode uh, with the exception of you, you're going to want to see Serena Deeb work and you're going to want to see Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston kind of wants to work. He's just not very good at the mechanics of it. I think his psychology is not bad. It's just like when he actually does the moves, he's not very good at them. So that could just be because he's out of shape and rusty. And as they like to mention all the time, it's really hot out there. So any other excuses yeah. you want to make, but, um, you know, so yeah, don't check it out. And with that, um, we'll head right into a break because I'm getting a little bit hot. I probably need to cool off, get something to drink. And then we'll be right back and we'll hit you up with some dynamite review. Okay, so kicking off this week's dynamite or last week's or whatever week, um, we uh, have. Pun intended? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Pun intended. Uh, FTR versus the Jurassic Three. Um, it's one of their better matches, despite Luchasaurus doing his best to suck. Um, what'd you think of this? <clears throat> well, I said pun intended because the show started with the Young Bucks uh, super kicking the referee right, right before the match started. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So they had to bring in a backup ref? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was what it was. Uh, pretty standard match. FTR gets the win. Um, yeah. Riveting. All right. So, um, speaking of matches, then we got Kenny Omega on commentary for Hangman Page versus Frankie Kazarian. And one of Kenny's lines is, um, these chops are echoing throughout the building, which is impressive considering that Daly's place is an open air arena. But Hey, you know, if you can if you can chop somebody hard enough to... I don't even know if Von Lylis could chop somebody hard enough to echo in an open-air arena. But um, somehow, Kenny thinks they were doing it. Genius. What uh, What do you think of this? What do you think of this match? What do you think oh, of this? Actually, this is your favorite storyline in pro wrestling, Sergio. <laughs> Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. I can't wait to see what drama's going to happen. It is. I like it. 
I was actually pretty excited for this match. Uh, it was really good as I expected it to be. Um, uh, Paige just grows on me every every single week. Uh, to me, I, I can see him being, you know, a main event guy in AEW. So I liked it. It was good. And yeah, can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen with the storyline on a weekly basis. I guess Hangman is a far cry from the man who had the match against the resurrected Joe, uh, Joey Ryan with the penis druids from what pay per view was that? <laughs> that was in? the first. One. Wasn't it? no, that wasn't the first one, was it? All because uh, uh, the first one Page worked Joey Janela, didn't he? Uh, he might have. All in. Yeah, yeah. maybe, or maybe that was the same show. Uh, in, in, in any case, um, yeah, he's uh, he's moved on from that, and we all know where Joey Ryan's at. And MJF in picture in picture is never a good idea, but he beats the captain in record AEW time and does a promo, so that's really what it's all about. How'd you like it? This is good. It was a quick squash. <clears throat> MJF gets a promo. Um. I feel like, because, you know, you can always kind of scratch your head at the booking. Like, you know, there's a lot of matches that are competitive that shouldn't be. Uh, but I feel like MJF, um, like, since day one, has been, like, perfectly booked. Like, they don't do anything stupid with them. He didn't have a competitive match here. So I don't know why his booking seems to be kind of different from everyone else. But uh, I thought it was good and I liked it. Well, I feel like in AEW, one of the reasons that it seems like such an attractive proposition for wrestlers from other companies, especially the WWE, is that they get a lot more creative input in what they're actually doing in the ring. And if that is the case, then it would make sense that MJF's matches make more sense than other people because even at his ripe young age of 23, he still knows way more than a lot of these guys that have been on the indies for however many years. So, you know, what's what's the point of having a match with Sean Dean and getting a bunch of shit in that no one cares about when you can just quickly get rid of him because he is a job guy and then just yeah. do your promo and get over with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something Yeah, that's something that some guys just would never understand because they've never had to you know, get over on like a national level before they only have to get over to the high school gym full of people that they're, you know, working in front of at the time and full of maybe <coughs> a bit generous in most cases. Eh. All right. So we've got a new master Sergio of the hairbrush. Like Joey Janela must bow down to this person's hairbrush abilities because at least half the time he puts his hair up in some ponytail or braids or, or something. Um, so he's like losing his hairbrushing touch, but it, it, it doesn't even matter. Even on his best day, he couldn't compete with this. Ivelisse mm. is the unquestioned Lord and master uh, queen, if you will, of the hairbrush. I've never seen so much hairbrushing in one short span of time in my life. She was she was brushing the hair out of her face during her offense. 
She was brushing it out of her face during her defense. She was brushing it out of her face during her selling. Uh, she was doing it instead of selling, which is most times because Ivelisse doesn't really sell in case you haven't noticed or followed her career. Um, even after uh, a flip to her feet, but before kicking um, Thunder Rosa in the stomach, she, she's, she quickly brushed the hair out of her eyes. It was just true artistry in there. I've never seen such hair brushing. Um, so yeah, I caught that too. Maybe I caught it because of you. I don't know if I would have, if I would have caught it otherwise, but I definitely caught it. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, like, are you serious right now? Now, I, when we were talking about Will Hobbs earlier, and I said you, you know, you thought he's like a sixteen-year veteran or whatever. Uh, Evelise is a sixteen-year veteran, if you want to believe that she started in 2004. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, if this is as good as somebody can be after 16 years in the professional wrestling business, uh, wow. Just wow. Um, I've never seen somebody so rotten, uh, that I can eat, that I can really remember. Yeah, she um, spent some time in FCW too. She was in their contract with them for a little while. Really? Yeah. Was that did they give her a contract after Tough Enough or whatever it was? Yeah, it was after Tough Enough. So it was one of those deals where she didn't win, but they signed her anyways, kind of thing. Yeah. And then you know, I hear <clears throat> I hear things about um, you know, her having an attitude or being difficult to work with or whatever the case may be, you know, and she's been ar- bounced around from she was in Lucha Underground and you know, some other places, but um but uh, this is the worst I've ever seen, or maybe I just never paid that much attention before. Um, maybe there's some heat with Thunder Rosa. She wanted to sandbag Thunder Rosa. I don't know. Did uh, you catch that? Did you catch that punch in the face that Thunder Rosa gave her? That I told you about. I didn't even. I didn't even catch it. Uh, it looked pretty. It looked like there was some heat there in the match. Yeah, but um, I mean, either way. This is so fucking terrible. I could, I recommend everyone go watch it if they can. Evil East for Thunder Rosa from Dynamite, whatever week this was. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, that slang doesn't mean anything good the way we use it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we already talked about Will Hobbs. He, boy, he shot up the ladder quick, huh? Yeah. So just go to the main event, Will Hobbs. He's getting that gender. He's getting that gender ball push. Yep. Um. So before we get to the uh, the main event, which is the parking lot brawl, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on this episode that I forgot to cover, or any other notes yeah. or things that stood out? I'm not a big fan of the uh, Eddie Kingston group. They just seem like they wouldn't legit be hanging out with each other. But I did dig the promo. Um, you know, they left it kind of mysterious. <clears throat> Kings didn't make a mention of uh, the blade and and uh, getting his family in order. So I'm gonna assume that they're gonna try to get his wife back, Allie, right? Who's been with QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I'm always a fan of uh, drama and stuff like that. That was cool. Uh, the Miro promo was great. He was looking super jacked, uh, you know, bench pressing all that weight and stuff. I thought that was good. Um, yeah, he's I always funny. Yeah, and I like how they're letting him be himself, you know? He doesn't, he doesn't have to be some angry Bulgarian guy. He's just Miro, you know? That's kind of entertaining on its own. 
I like this. I like the. Uh, I like how uh, Lance Archer's group and uh, Brian Cage's group are kind of aligning with aligning with each other. Not just because they're heels, but you know they have that deal in place to where if Archer wins, Brian Cage gets the first shot. So I, I kind of I like how that's how that's playing out. Um, yeah, that's all I got for the show, really. Well, then let's go to the parking lot brawl. Uh, do you want to oh, talk yeah. about it? Yeah, I was. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of street fights, and I didn't care about this match. So I was playing. I played the match, and I don't know. Maybe I was playing on my phone doing something. And all of a sudden, I was glued. And um, and I, I don't want to put over a match where because these guys were, I don't think anyone got injured, but they were definitely, you know, they were they were pretty roughed up. But I, this was probably probably the best street fight I've ever seen. And uh, you know, you can make fun of Meltzer's uh, his scoring, you know, all you want, and whatnot. He actually gave this a five star match, which I thought was interesting because <laughs> it was a, it was a hardcore match. But uh, dude, it was just. I thought it was really good, man. And uh, I don't know how they were working some of that stuff, but it, it looked painful. Like the spot where uh, Ortiz was under the hood, and then you got uh, Trent Breda doing like a big splash, and you got a uh, or Trent. Yeah, I'm, had, I was uh, gonna say, I'm sorry, who? I don't know who you're. <laughs> who? Yeah, and you got Chuck Taylor doing a splash on him under the hood. Just everything, dude. And even like when Trent got power bombed onto the windshield, and the and the glass kind of kind of shattered a little bit. I'm like, oh, I just, they're working that somehow. But you see Trent, he's got little cuts all over. They all do. They had cuts all over their bodies. So, you know, it was real glass. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that was just a legit power bomb onto a windshield. Because what if <laughs> yes, he it was. Through, what if he would have gone through? Like, you know, like, I don't know. Dangerous. Very dangerous, nonetheless. I'm glad nobody got hurt. But, yeah, best speed fight I've ever seen. What, what, what do you think? Oh, also, too. Um. You probably hated it because I loved it. But uh, uh, Trent's mom sticking up the middle finger at the end, I popped big to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, once again, just a little foreshadowing, but how can I how can I talk shit about anything AEW does anymore? Um, they are what they are. They do what they do. The only thing that's bad about it is this did seem different. You know, and when compared to something like the football match, you know, whatever that thing was called, that embarrassment, or like any of the other shit that they like to do. Stadium um, Yeah, sure. Uh, that thing. So unlike that, this was a lot more serious in the tone and the um, the execution of it. Like there wasn't a lot of like joking around and and being stupid and like you said like they gave trying to shoot power bomb into a car, you know which, I mean I don't have to tell anybody how uncomfortable that must be, but the whole thing leading up to this was just kind of corny and foolish to begin with. Like it was it was it was, it, it was like a joke angle that turned into a serious street fight more serious than any of the other street fights that they've done that supposedly had real tough personal issues and more serious than, you know, stuff that the WWE does leading up to, you know, their matches. It just, this was too brutal for the show that they're trying to do. So 
if the show was more serious, this would be right in line with it. But since the show just seems like a bunch of people jerking off, it's out of place. So yeah, I think I think the match wasn't too bad. I mean, I didn't really pay a hundred percent attention to it, but even that, I could tell like, yeah, this is different. They're doing something different here with this. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's good, but so what? Now what? <coughs> now, now what are you gonna do? You know what? What you killed yourself. And where are you gonna go from here? Oh, simple, yeah. dude. We'll just see. What what? Transom tra- trans- in a full match. Well, no, no, no. Transom in a forklift match. What was it? Well, yeah, Judy Bagwell's <laughs> on a forklift. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, maybe Transom could fit on a pole. I don't know. Uh, just yeah. So yeah, good job. Like, I'm, is this is the kind of this is the kind of thing I would like to see. If AEW had been what I hoped it had been to begin with, which was what they promised, which was a more sports-like presentation and, you know, all that other bullshit they said. Um, But since the show is just a clown show, then it just seems out of place on a clown show. I don't know if I can explain that any better. Uh, I will say this. um, Is Orange Cassidy a heel now? Is he a heel, Sergio? I mean, he wasn't in the match and... By him coming in, that made it three on two, and he he punched the guy with the chain. So he's a heel now, right? Orange Cassidy. No, he's still a babyface. You sure? Yeah. yeah. Roman Reigns coming out at the end of the match on SummerSlam. That's the heel. Uh, Orange Cassidy in this scenario, he's still a face. Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to clear that up. I also want to say that um, I've been hard on Jim Ross, and he was a lot better on this episode. I'm again going to take the credit for that. He listened to the episode. He heard the feedback and he tried harder to uh, make things important. Um, And hopefully he'll continue that uh, going forward week to week because he was just getting way too casual and just way too loose. And, you know, and even, even without like we, we were discussing the uh, wardrobe malfunction thing, even take that away. It's just the way he treats everything is almost like he treats it exactly like what it is. But if I talk about AEW being stupid, that's okay because I'm just being entertaining. If JR is talking about AEW being stupid, even if he's doing it in uh, thinly veiled jabs, um, he still that's he's live on that show right now. You're supposed to be selling it, not burying it. You know, make trick me into thinking this is good. That's your job. And he did a lot better. Uh, this week, I thought the commentary was just really, I mean, I'm not going to say it was amazing, but it was definitely more like a well-oiled machine that it should have always been than it ever has been, in my opinion. Did you notice that as well? No, I didn't notice. I, if you compare Jim Ross now to the old Jim Ross, you know, there's obviously a difference. But uh, I'm a big, they're my favorite commentary team regardless, because when you compare AEW to, you know, NXT and Raw SmackDown, to me, it's night and day. Uh, I just, I just like their commentary in general. It just seems natural and unscripted. So once again, you're biased because you don't even listen to what Jr. says half the time. You just hear him talking. Oh and no, you feel... no, I do. I, 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 I pop. He's funny to me. Okay, so but but you just find it amusing, and you think it's totally fine that he buries the product. Yeah, I do. I do find it amusing. So if you owned this company and were counting on him to make money for it and you heard him talking shit about it the whole time, you'd be totally cool with that. 
No, no, no. Well, that's different. I mean, if, if it's I'm not different. Home, I'm asking you to be in those shoes. That's that's my oh, whole oh, point. In those shoes. Oh, yeah, gosh, you, I'm not. Uh, I'm yeah, not asking I, I, is Jr. entertaining. Of course, he's entertaining. I'd rather hear him bury it. I'm just saying that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You know. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, bury it to me. Don't bury <laughs> it on the air. Okay, yeah. that's all I'm trying. That's all I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, fuck that. NXT time. Um, EO versus Shotzi to start off. Uh, this is a nice little match here. The ladies, um, Shotzi got absolutely crushed by the worst moonsault yet. I know you've been oh, getting getting on EO's moonsaults, but uh, this had to be the the number one uh, Ichiban worst moonsault, right? Like she came was, down right on the ribs. It was a flying shin bomb. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> There's no, there's no way like she didn't get at least a bruised rib off of that. We um, even, even before she hit it, Shotzi was clearly too far away. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Just you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, women have trouble floating in the moonsault. You know, there'd be guys that you'd see do a moonsault, and it seemed like they would never come down, and uh, and like. <laughs> Every woman that does a moonsault looks like she got shoved off the top rope by Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's hilarious. I guarantee you she won't be using that moonsault on Raw or SmackDown. No. Um, this is actually, I was actually impressed with this match. Uh, I oh, really? Don't care the, yeah, I typically don't care about the women's matches. I do like EO. Mm -hmm. uh, but Shotzi, I was really, really impressed by her in this match as well. I thought she did really good. Ooh. Does yeah. this mean you're a fan of Shotzi Blackheart now? Oh, she might be growing on me. They just had they, they just had a really good fast paced hard hitting match. You know, a dream match of mine. I I really I really want to see Io and Asuka one day. I don't know if they ever work each other in Japan, but that'd be a good match. Yeah, well, we'll see. But that would be good. And Asuka's running out of people, so um, let's see. Uh, so this guy Desmond Troy looks very suspiciously like Denzel Dejournet. Am I mistaken? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah on either count who yeah um yeah so i've noticed that they've started giving guys with uh you know with worker names these easier to pronounce worker names recently so you mean like you mean like dominic dajakovic to uh t-bar <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was one Although at that at this point that hadn't happened yet, but yeah, there was another thing. Um, Jim Cornette brought this up, and I guess I could have saved it for later, but I'll just say it now before I forget. But like, he's he said, uh, all these guys that are supposedly in Retribution, um, they had been on NXT programming doing stuff at the same time as all the Retribution stuff was going on. And he wonders, did they even think about that? Like that they would be on these pro that these be on these programs simultaneously? Um, I guess it didn't matter because they were all masked, right? Like they were all wearing yeah. masks and no one knew. Um, but well, I guess we'll we will touch on that later. Um so uh Kushida beats Theory up. What do you think? You know, I I just realized. I didn't see anything after this women's match. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize I didn't. I didn't catch up. 
But yeah, so Austin Theory on a losing streak, which I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a... Not just a losing streak. He got beat the fuck up. This was like an AEW dark match, and Kushida beat the shit out of him and tapped him out. Now... He's you got know, a, I, bet, I bet Austin Theory has, has some heat or something. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know why that is. You know, not that, not that Kushida never beats anybody, but we know why Austin Theory is getting this particular treatment. <clears throat> Regardless of who his opponent was, he, it could have been Desmond Troy and he would have went over on Austin Theory, but even they weren't going to go that far. Um, so Austin Theory gets punished and a Velveteen Dream gets a push? I, I guess. Which, that's who's Kushida's gearing up to fight, so there's the connection there. Um, well, if you didn't watch the rest of this episode, I'm not going to waste anybody's time because I didn't really think anything of it. Just kind of a boring episode. But there is more in NXT, and that includes the return of the UK brand. So um, I will say that this episode is a, the return of NXT UK is a total failure. Why? Because it was completely Ginny-less. There was zero Ginny on this show, unless you're counting like her being in the opening video package or whatever, but everybody's in the opening video package. That is, that I was going to say, when did I... I saw a Ginny promo. Was that on this show? Or the previous week? I swear I saw a promo with Ginny promoting the NXT UK return. Well, it must have just been a, a promotional thing just for the UK mm -hmm. show because she wasn't on this episode at all. It must have been on the WWE YouTube channel, and that's what it was. It was a good promo. She's a really good promo. But yeah. I feel like I feel like she should be on like Raw or SmackDown or something, you know? Yeah. Or NXT UK, where she's not getting buried. Yeah. Or she don't have to join Retribution. Uh so yeah, other than that, just a couple quick things. I still have no idea what Dragonov is doing, and I don't think he does either. If you turn on this episode and just watch this guy's entrance. He just seems like completely, I don't know what the word is. He's out of control. He looks lost. It looks like he's trying to, um, it, it's like they, it's like he, they, they told him right before, right before he went through the curtains, like, all right, go out there and get hype, you know, like, and if, <laughs> if you tell Mojo Raleigh that he knows what to do, he knows how to get hype, but Dragunov's just doing a bunch of weird stuff. He's like slapping the mat and just like climbing up ropes and just, he's just doing a way too much. And I just want him to calm down. Uh, well, I remember we saw, we talked about his match, I guess, was it, was it against Balor, I think. We're like, yeah, he was just doing too much in his entrance. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Does, I, I don't know what his character is. It doesn't fit. He, he looks weird. He looks like he, he looks, he's built, but he's like kind of small, but he's definitely muscular. So he looks like an athlete. Pale, but he's got these contacts in his eyes and but he he's russian but he doesn't sound russian like he, i don't know where i couldn't have placed his accent um like nothing he says makes any kind of sense it's just i i don't know what he's doing but he needs to figure it out someone needs to help him um and then next um gallus came out for a tag team match and that's fast forward time for me but what I didn't expect, and, and and they just, they faced two other guys that normally don't win on that show. So, you know, I don't remember their names. It doesn't matter. But this took 12 minutes. Like, just from where I, just from where I started fast forwarding to what the time counter said at the end was like, 
it was a 12 minute match of Gallus against uh these two nobodies. It's like and there was no Ginny on this show. So you couldn't have cut that match down to a neat five and got a Ginny promo or match in there too. What a bunch of assholes, man. What do you think? There's nobody's watching UK for uh, Mark Coffee and fucking Wolfgang. That's not why anybody's tuning in. <laughs> God. Um, and then, you know, for, you know, for Sergio here, we had a uh, Piper face off <laughs> with Kaylee Ray in a in-ring promo face to face. So, so there's that. Um, Piper kind of looks like if like her and Candace were like uh, the before and after picture, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. They look very, very similar. Um, <laughs> now, which one's before and which one's after? That's up to you and your imagination. But <laughs> nonetheless, um, move on to SmackDown here. Um, there's not one noteworthy thing to talk about on this episode. I don't know if you watch any clips of it or what, but uh, yeah, I definitely watch the clips. I'm very intrigued by the Roman Reigns character right now, so I'm I'm, I'm watching that for sure. Yeah, but even you would have to agree that um, nothing really happened on this episode, so quite a waste of time. Uh, the only note I did have was that Otis strips Miz down to his underwear, and that s- seems to embarrass the Miz, even though. <coughs> His underwear is basically the identical shape and size of his trunks, but yeah, who cares? I wonder what the so what's the idea here? They're gonna they're gonna have a match for the briefcase. Is this a chance for Miz to win it? So so Otis doesn't have to lose by cashing in. I don't know. Uh, what would be the difference, really? Yeah, true. If you, if Otis is gonna lose. Why have him lose to the Miz? Why not just let him lose the title shot? I mean, either way, it's bad. It's a bad look for Otis. You can't protect him by having him lose to the Miz. I mean, this is the guy that's supposed to go up against Brock Lesnar, after all. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have, did you notice anything on your clips that you wanted to comment on? Because this episode sucked. I read. <clears throat> so, what do you think of Cesaro and Grand Middle Week? I, I read, didn't watch it. Just had it on the background. I was probably playing a game or something. I read that Vince McMahon hated the match and tried to have have it, have it over with during the commercial. I mean... Which, which surprised me because I feel like they didn't have a pretty good match. It couldn't have been that bad because I, I just don't imagine Vince McMahon paying attention to all of these episodes and of all the things for that to be something that he's that upset with. Like that should be like 156th down on the list of things that should bother Vince McMahon about his television shows. Yeah. Uh, AJ versus Sami Zayn, which sounds like there'll be a match I'd want to see. <clears throat> so, okay, so I guess Clash of the Champions, right? We're having a triple threat ladder match. AJ versus uh, Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy. I'm actually pretty excited for that. I mean, cool. Glad you're excited. <laughs> it shouldn't, it, I mean... I'm I'm over ladder matches. I'm over Jeff Hardy. I like Sami Zayn and AJ Styles, but neither one of them is doing what they, you know, everybody's sort of out of the character that they need to be. Jeff Hardy should be a character that retired from wrestling years ago and is off my television. Uh, Sami Zayn should be an underdog babyface. AJ Styles can be doing what he's doing, but just 
not at the level of intercontinental champion. He should always be in the main event somehow. I yeah. really don't see any reason why he has to do this. Uh, unless it's his son saying he doesn't watch WWE, so now he has to be in the mid card. <laughs> um, what kind of shape was Sami Zayn in? Uh, was he the same as before, or worse or better? Kind of the same, but like he's a little bit hairier, and it, his body's not attractive looking. Okay. So just shaving around like his shoulders and back and stuff, and getting a—he's never never going to get a tan, but just like. Just just trimming down the body hair would look less gross, I think. Because he, he always had that that same look, but it wasn't as bad as this. It didn't used to be as bad as this. Now it's just looking like he's let himself go. Because he's growing out his hair and his beard and stuff. And you can imagine if you stop shaving those things and cutting those things, you can imagine you're not going to be doing any uh, you know, body shaving, really, right? So Yeah, for sure. So I would, I would <coughs> recommend touching it up. But he, his, his physique looks relatively the same. Okay. Mm. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So I know everybody's already been talking about this for quite a bit. Um, everybody's podcast has already done the same amount of complaining that, you know, we're probably about to do, or at least I am. But it's got to be said. It can't be ignored. Um we we get a cold open on Raw, and the five, you know, the five retribution people are coming in the ring, and the announcers are just saying, you know, it's a uh, it's Tom Phillips, right? Is Tom Phillips on there? And he's just saying like, oh, retribution has signed their contracts, and so now they're here on Raw. So that's how we we hear about this this news that these guys that have been, you know, terrorizing the WWE just signed their contracts. Um, <laughs> so number one, why would the WWE reward these guys with contracts for their criminal actions? And two, why are we pretending we don't know who they are? If you sign their contracts, but did they all did they all write it like a X on their name? Well, at this point, those are the questions I'm asking because, of course, we find out later, as you already said, that the the men named Slabjack, T Bar, and Mace, um, maybe that's how they signed their contracts with the mask on. Like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of this bit on this bit on the Simpsons where um, they're at the police training academy. And there's this clearly psychotic guy, and he's like, I've had it up to here with your freaking rules. When do we get the freaking guns? And Chief Wiggum's like, for the last time, you don't get a gun until you tell me your name. So <laughs> this kind of reminds me of that in the sense of like, these guys are all under masks and nobody knows who they are, but then they sign contracts. So forget the fact of offering them a contract. Let's just say like, now that you've signed the contract, Nobody at the company still knows who you are, who your real identities are. You don't think you would ask somebody's like, hey, aren't you uh, Donovan Dijakovic? <laughs> like, you know, nobody's going to, they don't even, there's none of, nothing that they can do can make any sense out of this fucking bullshit. Um, so the herd business comes out and then the five, I'm just going to call them the five, the five powder and then the 20 show up. And then they beat up the Hurt Business until break. 
which of course, when, as we know, when we come back from break, everyone's gone and Tom Phillips is shilling for Domino's pizza. So nothing that just happened meant anything as if it meant anything anyways, but it definitely doesn't mean anything now. Um, so what's your take on all this? Yeah, there's a, there's zero logic in this entire story. So I've already given up on the logic part. Nothing makes sense. You know, I'm not even trying to make any sense of it. I will say, uh, but I don't know. I feel like so they, they completely they completely change Dijakovic's look. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I will say I like his promo. I think his voice, you know, he, he's got this unique voice anyways, and I think it really fits his promo to this character. So I was kind of digging that. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's scary to think like you know he's got a head shave, face paint, mask. Uh, I hate to see his career just be over. Like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like when they brought up the Ascension, you know, and they're just buried since day one and, you know, nothing ever came out of it. And they were so over, so good at NXT. Not that Dodger was super over NXT, but I've always seen, you know, some potential in him. So right now, this drastic change to me is, you know, it's hit or miss. You know, we'll just have to see what comes out of it ultimately. But yeah, but it's weird though. So they're working hurt business. So we got heels on heels. Uh, I know they're building up to Survivor Series match. Uh, it just seems kind of, uh, I don't know, it seems weird. You mean T-Bar? Is that how you meant? You see, maybe yeah, that's T-Bar. Uh, so we had this whole thing all wrong. Because we were looking at it in terms of like, well, these guys are under masks. And eventually they'll be unmasked and that'll be a big reveal. Right. That's how we were looking at mm-hmm. what was going to end up happening. And we were thinking, well, there's no way that's going to be satisfying because none of these guys are stars. So when they're revealed, it won't mean anything. They'll just be like, you went from a faceless person to a basically faceless person. So they went the other way, which I never even considered, which is you make the unknown characters, the characters. So now rather than expose who these people are, them wearing the mask is the character the same way Kane is a character or mankind is a character, you know, not, not that, not that they're being unmasked, that they're being extra masked with different masks. Used to just wear a ski mask. Now you've got an elaborate Bane from the dark Knight rises mask. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like they've leaned into it the other way and made the nobodies, the actual character. And that is, I don't know if that's worse or not. Uh, I think it's worse. I think it's worse. Do you yeah. think about <clears throat> from a career standpoint, where does T-Bar go? You know, <clears throat> if he uses this Dominic Dajakovic, you know, he can evolve and do something different, turn face, leave the group, whatever. But now he's just, he's T-Bar. He's this character. You know, yeah. I, I almost feel like he's like, like he's stuck with it. I'm trying well, to think of, a, of, an, of another example. Well, there, there um, are, there probably aren't any. But here's here's the deal, though. This could be, I mean, this could be um, the best thing for the same reasons. Because now you don't have to repackage uh, Dijakovic. You just have to reintroduce Dijakovic. Because T-Bar will be the one that goes away. And you never have to explain who T-Bar was. Because if Dijak comes out as something else, he can pretend he was never T-Bar. Right? Because yeah. only because only we know that it's him. If you're if you're just a casual fan that doesn't know who the guy is, uh, you see a big white guy, 
wearing a mask. And then six months, a year, two years down the road, when they get done with this retribution thing, and then all of a sudden some guy shows up named Donovan Dijakovic, you're not going to necessarily think that's the same guy right off the bat. Right? Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess they can always do what they want, ultimately. It just depends on how, how much they hide his identity now while he's playing the T-Bar character. Yeah. Right? So if they if they keep him well hidden and never talk about who he is or was, then he can maybe someday survive this and go on to do something else. Um, but, yeah. This is awful. No matter how you look at it. Uh, and, and, you know... They have a six-man tag in the main event, right? So, so in the end of the show, we're getting a tag team match with, you know, Slappy and Slappy and T Pain and fucking <laughs> T Pain. Yeah, you know, and and Mace, Mace Dog. Mace, yeah. Um, yeah, from uh the P Diddy and the Fam. Uh, so. You got these, so you got these three guys in a tag team match in the main event of Raw, just an official tag team match against the Hurt Business, and then now like, so if you were building up to a um, a Survivor Series match, fuck, <coughs> piss on that. We've already seen them in a tag team match. Who cares? You know, you didn't even save it. You just completely threw it away here on this episode. It's not even, it's not even the go home show for Clash of Champions. It's the go-home show for the go-home show for Clash of Champions. There's a Sergio Express in the background. Uh, yeah. The whole yeah, train. Yeah, that needs to that that needs to hit whoever came up with all this. That train. Um, so yeah, and so on top of that, on top of everything else I just said about all this bullshit, um, that match finish was another one of those. It's a DQ because the illegal man attacked the legal man. <laughs> yeah. So is it because I brought that up on the last episode that they decided to steal that and use it as a finish to rub it in my face? That's very petty, WWE. You're just so petty and and I'm tired of it. Um. Yeah, this is just uh, this this fucking sucked. But what what else can I say? I mean, and that and that's why I say like whatever AEW does now. Like I used to rip them every week. You know, you were there. And it's like, now what can I say to them? Nothing they've done has been even remotely this bad. You cannot say anything about the Dark Order being even remotely as bad as this whole embarrassing retribution mess. The Dark Order looks like the fucking original NWO compared to this. So. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense, man. You have a team full of writers and you can't fix these holes in logic. Like, it just, I don't know. Because they don't let the writers write. They, they get to hand in scripts that get torn up two hours before the show goes on the air. You know, I'm sure they've come up with way better stuff than what's been on TV, but it's not up to the writers, right? So, you know, it's like, no matter how bad the writing is, it's better than what's ending up on TV. I'm sure whatever scripts they hand in are probably just fine, and they never even get a chance, and Vince McMahon ruins all this because he's lost his motherfucking mind. Um. And the com- the company is shit. Like everything about it is shit. There's nothing that uh, they can do that's gonna draw me back. Uh, I just wanted to ask you personally, like individually, what would it take for them to get you to stop watching 
and just go to other wrestling shows. Like I'll, I'll get my fix from, you know, MLW or, or, or AW or just whatever. What would it take for you to abandon the WWE and never watch it again? I think if we didn't have this podcast, I probably would have stopped at the beginning of the pandemic, to be Same. honest. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Glad you said it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier how 95, you kind of stopped watching it or whatever for a little bit. Uh, 95, I, I started, but okay, early, like early, early 90s, yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever taken a week off. Like, I've literally, I've been that devoted to wrestling my entire life. <clears throat> so, like, what can I do now? I think I'm just one of those guys I'm just going to keep on eating the shit they feed me, you know? Uh, so, yeah, if that answers that question. Yeah, I, I get it. I do. It's it's a blood disease. Being a wrestling fan is a blood disease. You don't it doesn't matter if you get a transfusion. It's it's in there for good. Um or if I stop if I stop watching, I'll at least read the results for sure. I mean, even I always keep I mean, I'll keep up with Impact, AEW Dark. I mean, just because like you mentioned, yeah, it's kind of like a weird, you know, some blood disease, dude. Yeah. That's even worse. Reading the results of a fake sport. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who cares who wins? It's like, I don't even want to know, like, wh whenever, I don't care if stuff gets spoiled, because it's like, well, what difference does it make? Everything is, nothing means anything anyway. You know, it's like, we we wanted to see Keith Lee do big things, and you see how that's going. Um, just exactly how I predicted, but maybe you still held out a little bit of hope, but it's like, Everything there is just the worst anything ever. NXT is the only thing that even remotely resembles a a, a good wrestling product, but that's like a hit or miss. Like some weeks is very boring, and then other weeks it's like, man, why can't it be like this all the time? So yeah, at least, that, at least they're not doing they're not doing anything stupid. Yeah, they they may, they may be inconsistent and they may be a little bit boring, and some of the ideas may be a little bit corny. Like maybe you're not a fan of Shotzi's tank, but you know, it's still, it's at least it's not retribution, you know, so. Um, and I bet they have a much smaller creative team. I bet it's a couple guys. I bet it's less filtered, uh, you know, more simplistic, I guess, you know, than, than what probably is going on at Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I bet Triple H isn't ripping up scripts. Yeah. There's not you even that he... much stuff that can really have a script, you know? Like, a lot of the stuff is very short and simple so you could almost just be like hey here's what we want to do come up with a promo for it or something you know what i mean like you don't even need to hand a guy a sheet of paper i'm sure they do but not everybody probably okay you're on to something here but we have to yeah, be true. we are going to tell what happened so we're not going to do a retell sorry it's my son's class man that's really loud yeah i had to tell him to go away so. <laughs> um so anyway, uh, just a couple other notes on Raw for me, and then anything you want to add, and then we can move on. Um, so uh, another new uh, microphone holder, Brianna Brandy. You see yeah. this? What in the hell is this thing? Like, she looks like she should be like some X-Men character or something. Like with a white outfit and white hair and all this other, like, what the hell is this? And why isn't why is Gerald Briscoe fired? Like, can we just give Brianna Brandy's <laughs> money to Gerald Briscoe? Just send it to him? Like, what is what is this? Is this a I'll rib? Let you, 
I was digging her look. She was really unique. And I'm like, who's this? But she looks like she'd be a wrestler, not some interview person. Because I feel like exactly. she's almost she's almost attracting too much attention. <clears throat> and so that was unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in Raw Underground. Like was yeah, she exclusive to Raw Underground? Yeah, I know. She stood out to me. Did we see her in the crowd first? I, I remember noticing her. I'm like, who the hell is that? I I don't recall seeing her. I saw Pineapple Pete though. Um, who was there again? I mean, he was there the second week, so he at least got two weeks work out of it. Um, we'll see if he gets in there and decides to test his might against uh, you know, such great um competitors as Riddick Moss and um. So speaking of that, uh, Riddick Moss got what? What ended up happening to him on this episode? Okay, uh, he knocked out Eric, right? And then what happened after that? My memory's kind of foggy. How convenient. No, I actually don't. I just remember seeming like somebody beat him up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to pull. I, I, I pull up the results to kind of refresh my memory. Um, shit, man, I can't remember. Well, in any case, um, the big thing that they had actually start advertising, like, uh, Papa Kano and um, what's his name? Um, Braun Strowman were supposed Strowman, to have yeah. this fight, you know? And so this was all hyped up and they had a Kevin Owens show where, you know, he called out Papa Kano and Shane McMahon out there and then he ended up slapping Papa Kano and then Braun Strowman came out and uh, Shane McMahon was like, save it for later or whatever. So they end up having a match and then Braun Strowman just beats the shit out of him. What the hell was that about? Yeah, that was strange. I was... I was like, I first of all, I'm like, okay, who's gonna go over here? Because this is interesting. But uh, I didn't expect that. What a what a lackluster uh, debut. Yeah, well, not this debut. This is almost as if AEW booked that debut. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 something they would do, or whatever you want. So Braun Strowman is the Cody in this situation, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So that whole thing, and um. You know, most of the story of the rest of this episode was just the continued use of valuable TV time for ribs, right? Because you got um, the Murphy and Aaliyah storyline, which is just more that that segment with um, Seth Rollins and the Mysterio family out there. That seemed like it was never going to end. That seemed like three hours was by itself. And I already said I did. It's like. Everything on these these week's episodes was like a direct reaction to everything I said on the podcast last week. I said, I don't want to see the Mysterio family anymore. We get more Mysterio family. Um, just just like, and and the whole thing with having having a thing with Murphy and his daughter, Aaliyah, you know, like that's just a rib on Rey Mysterio. They just want to do, they just want to fuck with Rey Mysterio. It has nothing to do with anything good. Like what's, what's going to happen? Like, okay, if there's some sort of romantic angle there, what happens? How does that resolve itself? A match, a fucking match, just like everything, a fucking match. You get a match out of it with who? It's not going to be with her. She ain't going to be in a match. So it's going to be Murphy again. Well, Murphy's already fought the whole Mysterio family that can fight. Who else is he going to fight? His wife? Like who? who is Murphy going to fight that an angle with Rey Mysterio's daughter means anything? And why would she have any sympathy for this guy who fucking maimed her father and tried to maim her brother? Like, what? 
Murphy was complicit in all of that. So why is she going to feel sorry for him? If anything, she should be piling on. You know, she should have slammed yeah. slammed his face in the cage door when she had a chance. You know, instead she touches his shoulder lightly. Like, what is this shit? Who writes this? This means like, man, that's who. You know, but yeah, and then another story that makes no sense. If anything, it should have been the opposite. You know, Seth actually bumps into her, she falls or something, and he goes to her aid. That makes more sense than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would that would make more sense. But you know, the way they do it, of course, is is wrong and backwards. So that's a rib. Um Lana gets put through a table pretty swiftly, uh, for no apparent reason. Um that's yes. a rib. That's a fun thing. On the same week that uh, Miro debuts, right? And cuts yep. that promo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So your <laughs> wife's going through a table now, an announcer table by Nia Jax, the most dangerous women's wrestler of all. So, yeah, that's a rib. Um, all of Retribution is a rib and everything about it. It's just a straight up rib. So, r- Monday Night Rib. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just, it's the worst thing. And anybody that continues to watch WWE and actually be entertained by it should be ashamed of themselves. And they should really branch out and, and, and look at other horizons for their entertainment. They don't have to sit here and be spoon fed this shit. Um, you know, like I said, we, we, we have a podcast, so at least we get to come on here and, and bury it. But um, other people just sit and just watch this and then nothing. They don't talk about it with other people because nobody watches this shit. So they're too ashamed to bring it up to people. And, you know, they just they just suffer their fan, their fandom in silence. Or maybe they get on Twitter where it's anonymous and they can tweet about it. Uh, just... What's crazy. What's crazy to me is, is, a, is a large number of the fan base. I mean, according to Disco and Nelson and stuff, is uh, they're like in their 50s and 60s. You know what I mean? That's strange to me. I just think that's people that. Well, like. Who who else would still have cable in 2020? Old people, right? So they might not even be watching it. Maybe their kids are watching on their cable box. You know? Maybe. Yeah. During Maybe a, during a, you, hey, Sergio, you, you, you go to work and you, you ask any of these millennial kids that you work with, how many of them have, uh, uh, what, what is it, um, Insight or whatever it is? Ask them yeah, how yeah. Ask them how many people have cable or satellite. Oh, I don't, I don't know anybody that has cable. Oh, okay. So you, you get it? Like, the, the, it's whoever these old people are that don't cut the cord. They're the ones that are getting whatever numbers that Raw's getting. Because everybody else that's a WWE fan, they watch the clips on YouTube just like you. That's yeah. it. Why, why would you watch a whole show when you can watch some clips? You know? Or, or if you happen to have Hulu, you can watch the short version of Raw. <laughs> In which you probably wouldn't have seen Lon get put through a table, because that's not important enough to put on the hour and a half version, right? So, um, yeah, man, there, there's, there. I don't even think fifty and sixty year olds are watching it. I just think they're the only ones that have cable and satellite bills in their name. That's all. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Well, speaking of what else makes sense, we might as well end it on a high note and talk about New Japan. And why are we going to talk about New Japan? Because I'm not the only one that has to talk about it for a change. Sergio has actually watched some <laughs> of the G1 so far. Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to you um, and kind of let you tell the people your impressions, what you saw, what you liked about it or didn't like. Um, just give everybody a nice overview and a recap. 
Yeah, so I tend to kind of like I, I tend to kind of like fast forward through the entrances and kind of just get to the match because <clears throat> I really don't have much of a of a of an emotional investment and in, in, I guess in the overall product, but I do appreciate uh, how they do things. For example, like um, uh, let's see here, just any 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 random match. Like I saw Juice Robinson working somebody. I watched. Uh, uh, Will Ospreay and uh, who did he work? Uh, whoever he worked, that was really good. My favorite match so far that I've seen was uh, Jeff Cobb and Taichi. But mm-hmm. the one thing that all the matches have in common is <clears throat> the execution and the selling is way better than the next, way better than, than uh, American wrestling. Um, just everything, everything they do, like. When you see a guy like pick someone up for a power bomb, it doesn't look all pretty and graceful. It looks like they're really shoot picking them up for a power bomb. And everything they do, they're they're they're, they're not like stiff, but they're just more snug. Like when Jeff Cobb goes to splash the guy in the corner and the guy the guy moves, mm-hmm. like Jeff Cobb's really hitting that corner. Like he looks like he's really trying to hit him. There's like everything, you know. Uh, just it, it just looks more real. Uh, so it's kind of a. Uh, a breath of fresh air, if you will, you know, when, you know, stepping away from American wrestling and seeing that once in a while. Um, yeah. Will Ospreay was really impressive. Uh, I like how he cut that post-match promo, uh, good promo. Um, I like how he refers to himself in the third person, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's one of them. He's, he might be my favorite right now. So I'm probably rooting for him, but nonetheless, yeah, that's my overall impression of, of the product thus far. Yeah. So even like you're saying the little things, even so much as the camera, right? Where before the match starts, they have a shot of one guy in one corner, like facing, like he's, they're, they're shooting the guy in the corner and then they switch and they show the other guy in the other corner. Then they have the camera in the middle of the ring and then the bell rings and they zoom out, right? Like things like that that really give it that presentation, like this is serious. Um, yeah, we were talking about looking up wrestling results and stuff. Well, this would be something you could be forgiven if you missed and you wanted to know some somebody that won because, for all intents and purposes, it is basically real in a sense. They're treating it like it's real. So just the fact that they're working the match doesn't, you know, that has nothing to do with anything. It's just. This is this is what it is. These are, these are the results. These are the people. Um, it's easier to get an emotional investment the more you watch it, because you start to you know it, it's it's easier for sports natural sports fans to understand. Um, but the whole thing I said about people wanting to know who won, you know, who won last week or who's gonna yeah. win, and what's what's cool about this as well as kind of, I guess, Ring of Honor, what they're doing now with this pure tournament, um, is that they give you a chance to find out if you've never seen these guys before, you don't know who's going to win because you're not familiar with them. So when you put a Jeff Cobb in there with a Tai Chi, you know who Jeff Cobb is. You're not familiar with Tai Chi, so you don't know if he's somebody that should beat Jeff Cobb or not. So the ending is a surprise to you. And that's basically how it is for all of these. And even with the guys that you do know, you know, when you look at an Okada and Ibushi, you know, they're both top guys. So you can't call it who's going to win. You, you, you can't wait to see. And 
the G1 has upsets. That's part of the that's part of the uh, the whole thing because nobody goes undefeated. So you never know who's going to be the one um, that that upsets somebody else. Um, there's just so much there. They do so much complicated booking just in a tournament that um, it's just very impressive to imagine somebody keeping that straight all in their mind. They must have like notebooks full of branching different paths that could possibly take before they figure out how they want to do it. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, let's see. Mm. Well, I don't want to give away any results for anybody that hasn't watched anything yet, but we've now, mm. we've now done two nights each of a block and B block. So, um, now typically whatever happens when Sergio tries to watch new Japan is it's an, it's inevitably over the, over the years, it's been the exact same thing. He watches the wrong thing. And then, he, and then he, when he, when he realizes it's the wrong thing, he goes back and tries to watch the right thing. But now he's already spent too much of his precious time, and he has the attention span. He has the shortest attention span of anybody. And I'm sure, even while you were watching it, you were probably on your phone and doing other things. So, so I like, was actually, I actually watch it on my phone because okay. the app on my phone allows me to the fast forwarding and rewind is much easier. Yeah, than the so fire so, stick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I'm actually focused when I watch it on my phone. I'm just, I'm just watching that. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. But uh, so like, but you only have so much time in the day before you got to go do something else, or you lose your attention span, whatever. So yeah. you didn't get to see all of any one show. You saw a little bit of the wrong show and a little bit of the right show, <laughs> and you stopped before you got to even the good stuff. So you thought that Will Ospreay's match was good. That wasn't even the best match on the show. Um, you would have wanted to see the uh, Suzuki and Ishii match, probably, which was right after that. Oh, so, you know what? I saw. I actually caught some of that as well. Some of it, but only some of it. So, um, so every every moment that Sergio gets to watch New Japan is a precious moment, because if he watch if he wastes any time. Um, he's going to run out of time and then he's not even going to see the good stuff. So you, you more so got to skip the early matches if they don't have anybody that you care to see in them and, um, try to go for the main events. Uh, you also would have noticed because the matches don't all have the same format. Um, like you were saying, like, uh, you know, start out with some chain wrestling, then build the match and then get into false finishes and all those. So that's how a lot of the main events go. But some of the undercard and mid-card matches are a little bit different. Like if you were to watch Sonata versus Yano, you would have seen something totally different. That's like a comedy match. And you would see, um, or like if you watch from yesterday, we had uh, Suzuki versus Taichi. Now they're in the same faction. And Suzuki's the boss of the faction. So that match went differently than any of the other matches that you're going to see too. Just in terms of, you know, how it was like, looked like a struggle and was awkward and other stuff. Um, so there is, so there is a variety within the matches, but the more you learn about the characters, the more you'll get invested. You don't have the emotional investment now, of course, but that's what I keep saying. Everybody's got to give it time to get the emotional investment and then it'll be more rewarding rather than watching the WWE fuck up all your favorite wrestlers and wondering why you're still watching this. Um, there's actually payoffs for it. So if you stick with it, 
rewarded. If you kind of go, eh, then New Japan will seem eh to you. And if you don't give it a chance, you'll never know. Right, there's so, some guys that there's some guys I'm not. I've never been a big fan of. Like I've never been a Juice Robinson fan. Right. But I watch I watch a lot of this match just to see, you know, if they kind of change my mind. Same thing for Jay White. For some reason, I've, I've never really been a Jay White fan. But I watched this match, and I can say, even though I'm not really a fan of his, I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the accent. I don't know, it's like Conor McGregor a little bit with his arrogance, and and he was looking super lean this time. He almost looked like a he he, he resembled he was like a cross between Tony Nese and Riddick Moss, but just a really lean version. Yeah, he's really lean. Um, that's that's kind of how he. That's kind of how he normally looks, but he's a little more tan than he's usually been. So he looks, the abs even stand out more. He's probably under 200. He's probably like 195. Oh, Uh, yeah, at at most, yeah. um, But, uh, yeah, Jay Jay White's awesome, man. But you just got to watch him consistently to see it. Uh, He's good. Like, even they were doing basic stuff in his match and just little things like just the headlock and just the, the most basic stuff you can do. They were really working at it. They're making it look real, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you and you watch his match with Ibushi from again yesterday. That was the, I believe that was the main event yesterday. So, um, when you see that, it's like a whole different thing than the other match that you saw. He just he works matches differently depending on who, um, who he's working with and what story he wants to tell. He's really good for as young as he is and. Uh, I I remember seeing Jay White in Ring of Honor and not really thinking much, but he he's a he's one of the best there is. Um, might even be like a top top. Well, you could put him in the top five. You could. Wow. I I don't know if I would, but if someone else did, I wouldn't argue him too much. So, <laughs> but yeah, so the stories. The stories that play out throughout the tournament is what makes it worth following along with. Um, but I would definitely sneak in um, the matches wherever you can. And if you do fall behind, there's always like the English commentary that gets put up later. So you can kind of like catch up, but you just have to avoid the spoilers until then. Um, I wonder if Osprey has any, do you know if he, has he said if he ever wants to work in the States? I'm pretty sure he's going to be staying put from now. For a while, yeah. Yeah, he's, I, he's signed with New Japan of... full-time, and he's moved to Japan, <laughs> so he's he's not going anywhere. He kind of reminds me of AJ Styles. Like, I, I can see him being like a big star if he wanted to come here, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not a huge fan. He's he's almost feels like he's trying to, with his goofy promos, it sounds like he's trying to be Kenny Omega almost. Kenny Omega-esque. I don't know if he's trying to specifically sound like Kenny Omega, but that sort of weird, goofy, like, cartoonish, nobody talks like this promo is kind of Kenny Omega's thing. And I don't prefer it. Um, Yeah. So, but that's okay. Uh, Yep. So, well, I'm glad that you watched whatever you did watch, but continue to watch it and continue to keep up with it uh, because... Yeah, I definitely will. It's way better than anything else that you're going to be seeing for the next 30 days. And let's see. I think that pretty much covers it. Is there anything else uh, you want to get off your chest? 
No, see, we got Clash of the Champions this weekend, which I'm actually kind of looking forward to. This uh, weekend? He, I thought it yeah, was a week uh, from Sunday. No, it's, it's this Sunday, the 27th. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, next weekend, I think, isn't it AEW? Do they have a pay-per-view? No, it's TakeOver. Okay. Um, is Keith Lee in the main event match? I don't know anymore. Okay. It's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be an ambulance match. I'd have to read the card. I don't know. Because he, he just, you know, he has a, he had a match on Raw, another match against Drew McIntyre, who was supposed to have a broken jaw, but I guess that doesn't matter, right? Who cares? Um, they're like, oh, we don't know if we can let you be in this match because you have a broken jaw, but you can have a match against Keith Lee. You know, it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so, so their their way of building up Keith Lee is to have him keep being in matches with these guys, and then Randy Orton comes in at the last second or whatever. You know, it's just like this. It's almost like a, it's almost like that sort of 2007 era SmackDown booking, where the way they build a match is to have the match four times and then expect you to buy it on pay per view. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that shit, but. Um, at least with the pay-per-views, they cut down on some of the ridiculousness and just focus on the matches. So, you know, even though even though I'm all for a little ridiculousness here and there, that's all they ever do, and it just gets very tiresome. Um, yeah. All right. So Clash of Champions, and that's it. That's pretty much it now. That's it. So anyways, um, once again, just like at the top of the show, um, you can find us on all social media platforms, or at least you can find me at all social media platforms at Opinion Haver, um, all one word. And Sergio can be found at? Yeah, Instagram is <clears throat> Mr. Sergezilla. Twitter. Oh. No, over this. Twitter, Mr. Sergezilla. And Instagram, Sergezilla. Well, you can tell how much Sergio's on his accounts. But... Um, <laughs> Nonetheless, if you send him a message, he will eventually get to it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't post very much, but I, I check it. Yes. And anyways, um, we will check you guys later. So we've been two in and we are now out. <laughs>